back here in the fast lane as we continue rolling along and looking at high school hoops with Ben Cates, local sports reporter for NewsAdvance.com. Ben, a pleasure to have you stepping back into the fast lane once again. Uh, One of the interesting stories that developed after we spoke last week because it happened Wednesday night, but the Alta Vista Colonels, they've been cruising along in the Seminole District. They lose at rival William Campbell. Um, How surprised were you or weren't you that they were able to quickly get back on the right foot with the convincing win this past Friday against Appomattox? Yeah, you know, I was kind of um, shocked by that, Ed, by that loss. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, But, you know, it just speaks to um, a rivalry that, you know, we don't necessarily talk about a lot, but a rivalry that definitely exists and that people know about between Alta Vista and William Campbell, um, it's, it's, it's always a good one. Um, and, you know, uh, Casey Johnson at Alta Vista has a really good um, way of getting his guys um, back on track. And so, you know, they, they lose by uh, six to, to William Campbell and then, and then pull out a convincing win at home against Appomattox. And, um, you know, Alta Vista is, should be the team in, in the Dogwood District, even though, you know, lost a lot of firepower from last year. Alta, Alta Vista still has, you know, a really good guard um, and, um, and really good um, wing play as well. So, like, um, there's no reason why Alta Vista should not make a long postseason run again this year after getting to the Class 1 state semis one year ago and you know maybe a loss this this time of year is is good for you especially to a rival it lets you know some things that you need to work on yeah it's a good point it's kind of one of those resets especially when you're able to bounce back with the win and Alta Vista will get another crack at William Campbell uh in a couple of weeks here but Ben Cates of newsadvance.com is with us in the fast lane you referenced Alta Vista by the way um they lost Ryan Hart last year he graduated but Jaden Boyd he's gone over the thousand career point total he's been a real key cog for Casey Johnson how valuable is that that when you have a loss, you at least not only have a leader that can score, but a guy that, you know, you got the great quote up at newsadvance.com, how he's about to score his 1,000th point, and instead there's not even a hesitation passing to teammate Anthony Clay for a shot attempt that way that when you've got that type of attitude on a team, it allows you to bounce back through what are inevitably going to be some ups and downs of regular district play. Yeah, you know, I think that, by the way, just, just really unselfish play by Jaden Boyd, he's he's that kind of guy, and I think that is instilled in that program uh, that Casey Johnson kind of wants wants you to to move the ball around and, and find the best shot, and it doesn't matter who scores it as long as the teammate uh, as long as the team scores it. Um, but Jaden Boyd, man, he is um, he's something else to watch, and and he's been a uh, a guy the past few years that has really uh, propelled Alta Vista to to uh, success and um, is that that kind of guard play especially in our area you know we've had years where um, where the big men kind of rule every once in a while but for the most part this area has produced really really good guard play as long as I've been around and longer Um, but you know to to your question I think um, yeah you know it's it's going to be a slog for a lot of these teams in the Seminole and Dogwood um, when you look at the schedules that are that are upcoming to kind of end district play, um, especially at the highest end, the teams that are at the top of those two districts, um, there are some games that are, especially in the Seminole, that are really going to prepare some of the best teams in the area for for postseason play. 
And, um, you know, we say it in football a lot, and I think it's true in basketball as well, that um, if you make it through the Seminole and, and, and you're at the top of the standings and you're, you're really prepared for the postseason because, um, you know, you, you may fa- face a few tougher teams in the postseason, but you're also prepared for the kind of teams that you're going to face because the competition at the top is so tough. Ben Cates 8 on Twitter – Newsadvance.com as well to keep up with local sports reporter Ben Cates of Newsadvance.com. Ben, you mentioned that grind of district play. How much does that benefit a team like Rustburg, who escaped Jefferson Forest 52-50 to to stay perfect at 9-0 in the Seminole District and remarkably 15-1 on the year? Yeah, you know, that that's that's key for, for Rustburg. And, and, you know, you, you kind of what you kind of hope – Right now, I guess if you're if you're just looking at a day by day basis and your your Rustburg, is that um, you've got a, a few really tough tough games coming up in the in the district. Um, you still you still got to travel to Heritage, and um, and you still got to play at EC Glass. And so you know you, you kind of hope that um, beating a team like JF at JF is going to give you you know that that umph to to kind of say hey we can win on the road as as well as at home and and that's what you need going forward in the postseason when you when you will play at a, on on at the ro- on the road or on neutral courts Ben Cates of newsadvance.com talking high school hoops with us in the fast lane the other side of that are the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers by no means are they buried by any means but they are four and four in the district. They're ten and five. They've kind of had a bit of a rough patch after a really strong start to their season. How much of this is learning to take the next step in similar district play? Yeah, you know you've you've got to you've got to be able to do that. I think um, three losses in a row that were have been kind of surprising. Um, one was to LCA, which is you know regardless of of how LCA plays on a on a year by year basis um that is a really tough place to play um just because it's a it can have a small hometown feel of a of a gym um in that setting um and so you know that that is that's a tough one but but you know you you think about losses at heritage and then to Rustburg at home i mean those those aren't losses to bad teams at all um heritage is in in class 3 is is uh, has has a lot of weapons that it can throw at you, and then obviously Rustburg is is sitting at the top of the district as king right now. So I don't think those are those two of those three losses are really terrible. Um, I don't know that anybody would have expected JF to go on a, uh, a three game losing streak right now, but um, but you know you you you've got to use that to finish strong, and I think uh, JF has some of the. Um, players, some of the senior leadership, upperclassmen, to to really kind of fix what's wrong and and get back on the right path again. Yeah, I mean that's that's the challenge for them. They've got Liberty in Bedford this evening. Meanwhile, is it reasonable to say that one of the sneaky under the radar games tonight are the Liberty women at Jefferson Forest? Two teams that are near the top of the Seminole District, and obviously a Bedford County rivalry thrown in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been really impressed with. With Liberty, uh, with with the women or um, with the girls team, um, you know, especially with that inside presence they have, and and um, uh, they're missing a a player right now who uh, is injured, who 
would would make a really big difference. But um, that's a that's a challenge for for JF and um, and you know JF is a team that that has shown that it's really capable of of coming out and and uh, playing really good basketball. Um, and you know now it's just a matter of. Um, uh, doing it against one of uh, a team that's ahead of you in the standings and and a team that is tough to beat, so that'll be a good one to watch for sure. Yeah, it's it's an intriguing one, especially from the other angle. And I know we touch on this periodically, but what the Liberty girls basketball team means to that area? It's no secret the the boys have had their struggles in basketball. Football was not very good for Liberty. How much of a bright spot are the Liberty Minutemen, the Lady Minutemen, on that community? You know, um, interesting that you say that. I think, you know, we kind of look for those bright spots when in our reporting as well, when you consider localities that, that are struggling. Um, you know, the struggles are documented and there's no glossing over it. Um, but when you have a team that is really finding success, um, that makes it all all the more meaningful to the community. Um, you know, you you could be really bad in every sport, but if your football program is is doing well, people are excited, you know. And I think that is that kind of trickles down to uh, other sports as well. You know, if football's not doing well, or if other sports are really struggling, and you have one team, or or you know, even it, it could even be like a um, cross country team, you know, or 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 some some track success that Liberty has had recently, and um, all of that, you know just means more when wins are hard to come by in every other sport yeah it does and it's kind of cool to see an area rally behind the bright spot like the liberty minutemen have been in girls basketball for that particular community ben cates is always a bright spot for us and he brings it regularly here in the fast lane ben it's a pleasure to speak with you once again thank you very much for your time and we look forward to chatting again Thank you, Ed. I appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Indeed. Ben Cates with us here in the Fast Lane. Speaking of bright spots, do you need to brighten your mood? Then Yamada Japanese Barbecue gift cards are coming back soon to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Really cool experience. They've got the authentic hibachi style, but it's also authentic Japanese yakiniku, which is prepared a certain way. It's prepared the Japanese way, and it's a way that you can enjoy with your family high-end Japanese dining at Yamada Japanese Barbecue. Grist Mill Drive, so behind the Gray's Mill Center in Forest, and those gift cards are coming back soon to InsaneRadioDeals.com. That is not hard to decipher. What can be hard to decipher is what coaches say and what they mean, which is where we come in. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things, and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field. But for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing, and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So the Virginia Cavaliers absolutely annihilated Louisville this past weekend. 41-13 to at halftime. It was a noon tip-off. And oftentimes it's watching the game. It's hanging out around the house. You kind of listen on one tablet. It's the beauty of having a, a smart speaker smartphone 
Um, and then also obviously popping it up on the TV. That was an easy one. We could check out and I could take my kids to the park to go play around and have a lot of fun. Pretty good weather this past Saturday. And I knew right off the bat, if I left by halftime of that game, Louisville stood no chance of coming back. They are the worst team in the ACC. Kenny Payne is way in over his head as their coach. And God bless him, um, but as nice of a guy as he seems to be, sometimes you just know the guy isn't cut out to be the guy. And if anything, you could argue argue that Louisville is doing a disservice and has done a disservice for the last few weeks by keeping him around. Because the longer you keep him around, everyone knows he's not the guy. It becomes real awkward and it really stunts any type of potential progress for that particular program. But Tony Bennett may have been the most intriguing part of this because he praised his team's consistency and yet told you how much of a concern Louisville has on their hands because Virginia, well, they didn't do much special. We're pretty consistent. You know, we just we look at how our team's guarding us. I mean, they were hustling, but when our offense can get moving, and again, some of the outside shots are falling, the cutting and the moving and those things, and I thought Reese was setting the table. Our, off, our defense turned into some offense, too, uh, and we've been on that side of it. When you're struggling to score, it puts so much pressure on your defense. But... Um, we just, you know, we did what we typically do against other teams. And again, today our timing was right and guys looked fresh and ready and, and we wanted to get off to that good start, which they certainly did. Our guys looked fresh and ready. We kind of did what we did. That's another way of saying we don't really have to make any adjustments because Louisville never made any adjustments. Like that's the most part that's probably the most baffling if you're thinking about trying to win the game, but completely understandable and explainable. When you see where Louisville happens to be as a program right now. That Virginia jumps out to an early lead. And at no point did it feel like Louisville had adjustments. Like they call timeout to try to change things up. To force things. It's drive down the drive down the court. Look for the open person. Take a shot. There's not offense set pieces it doesn't look like. And again, this is not the basketball purist speaking out here. But it looked like there really was none of that and no real attempt to disrupt any of the flow of Virginia. No press, no switching from man to zone, movement. Louisville, I mean, it does look as stale as the product has gotten right now. And the way Tony Bennett framed it is, you know, kind of we could have won by a lot more, but we focused on doing what we do, being locked in. And to Virginia's credit, they were locked in the entire way and never really gave any opportunity for Louisville to get back in this. And that is something that should be deemed at least a positive for them. Meanwhile, the other part, Mike Young, we've mentioned there's no real need to discern of what he said and what he meant as far as Duke being the better team than Virginia Tech last night. But he did allude to the fact that there is a growing concern for the Virginia Tech Hokies that is, at least it appeared last night, a concern that you think you could at least moderate to an extent. And that is how badly Duke out-rebounded them. We've become a very physical team around the uh, glass uh, and uh, willing to put our body on people and get uh, get after that ball. Uh, guards didn't rebound as well as uh, we need to have uh, in uh, the past bit here. So something to uh, something to improve upon, certainly. Mike Young didn't rebound the way we needed to, the guards in particular. Here's what he's basically alluding to. 
When they're playing a team like Duke, as long as the Blue Devils are, remember, they're recruiting NBA talent everywhere. They're recruiting the guys that fit the puzzle. You know, a lot of college programs recruit guys that have all the skills but need to be polished up a little bit. Maybe you're talking four-star type guys. Heck, there's no shame in that. UConn has done that very effectively and well. Kansas, to an extent, they've done that, although they've relied on the transfer portal more recently. Michigan State, North Carolina, Virginia even, at their best. Villanova under Jay Wright, they haven't really found a way to win right now with Kyle Neptune. I think you can start to question the direction of that program. But there's one way with that. If you're not recruiting high in talent, though, you've got to find a way to compensate for that. Yes, Virginia Tech, they've got size down low. And yes, Duke provides a challenge because they've got size everywhere. And they have length everywhere. And they're all really athletic. It means you've got to be more aggressive, challenging, rebounding opportunities if you are Virginia Tech and crashing the rim to limit those second chance points. And that's something that was an issue that eluded Virginia Tech last night. Again, it's not the most astounding loss. It's just a missed opportunity. And it clearly reared its head, as Mike Young noted in that comment we played from the Virginia Tech radio network. When we return in the fast lane, some of your feedback, you've dropped some of it on the NFL playoffs. We've got that to discuss and other ideas when we return here in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.